Thanks for joining us at the Good Mood Clinic podcast, where we get to the heart of the matter about what makes us humans tick. We're Justine Corrie and Gemma Gladstone, two clinical psychologists and schema therapists, and we're passionate about helping you break unwanted life patterns and finding new ways to understand yourself and those tricky people around you. Life is way too short to be derailed by our schemas, by self-sabotage, toxic relationships or a lack of self-worth. So let's tackle this together and help you reclaim your life and who you really are. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Good Mood Clinic podcast. My name is Gemma Gladstone, and I'm here with my co-host, Justine Corrie. Justine, how are you going? I'm very well, thanks, Gemma. Very well. Good, good. We It's been a while since we've done a, a mailbox, hasn't it? It has been a while. So we're going to cover one today. And I will just get straight into it and I'll read the what someone has sent us. This is from a woman. Now, yeah, this is a really tough one, um, but I'll read what I've got here. Okay. So I'm going through an issue at the moment whereby I found out my partner has been cheating for two months. He was a kind man and other than this, he was perfect for me. I have the abandonment schema and so does he. I only found out this weekend and my therapist recommended the podcast. Okay, that's good. I've listened to a few and some bits I can relate to in previous relationships, being a bit controlling, i.e. previous relationships. With this partner, though, I feel safe and secure. What I'm trying to figure out is, one, whether we could ever be together again after this, And two, why I want to still be with him and not allow myself to accept that he's done this. Any advice on the podcast would really help. Thanks so much. So that's what she's written in to us. Tough, awful situation. Yeah. Awful pain. Very painful to find something out like this. Yeah. Yeah. So... I guess what we're going to do is talk about some things that have come up or points that we think would be interesting or useful to consider, right, Justine? Is that what we're going to do? Yes, we're just going to talk generally about these types of situations because we've sort of helped people through this process before, haven't we, clinically, Mm. and just talk about the types of things we would get people to consider when they're yes. trying to work out how they're going to be with a situation because it can, it can be a bit black and white sometimes. It's like stay or go. That seems yep. like the decision you have to make in that moment. But actually you need to give yourself space just to work out exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Black and, and it's, a, it's a big deal. So we just have to preface this by saying that obviously, you know, we're talking about this question that you've posed to us but we appreciate that it is a very painful issue and a very big deal in your life and any anything that you know we 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 so just sort of 
make sure you take what we say in also a bit of a general way. So these are things you can consider, you can you can think about. Maybe you can take um, to your therapist, or if you if you haven't got one, I would we we would both suggest you know getting some help around this um, from trusted people in your life because yeah, it's a big it's a big issue. It is. So we're, you have an abandonment schema. Yeah, yeah like you've on. said, you've got. Yeah, that's right. Both of you have apparently. Yeah. Okay. So, what's the first point we're going to start discussing? Well, I suppose just that not see it as sort of a black and white thing necessarily. Um, and it can be hard if there's people around you who are quite outraged and worried about you. You know, they're kind of hurt because you're hurt and they want the best for you. And sometimes there can be quite polarising opinions. But mm. I think you just need to step back and see actually what's going on because not all infidelity is the same. You know, for example, a one-night stand is completely different to an ongoing relationship with the other person there's different degrees of betrayal there's different degrees of emotional intimacy so I suppose just to step back and work out actually what's happened and you need to look at the context in which it's happened yeah that would be Mm -hmm. my advice Mm -hmm. um yeah and also I suppose his reaction to it as well so how was he talking to you about it so there's sort of a range of reactions in that too, isn't there? Yes, and exactly. So all we know is that the her partner has been, she said, cheating for two months. So we don't obviously exactly know what that means. Like That's you said, right. there are many forms of um, infidelity and it's going to be a very individual thing. And, and it, you know, an affair can, doesn't have to mean the end by definition. Sometimes it can be even depending on the nature of it and the people involved, it can be, a, you know, an opportunity to sort of rebirth the relationship, you know, like to even start anew. So it, it really does depend on what the couple in this instance is um, faced with specifically mm. and what's, what's come up as a consequence yeah. of the affair. Yeah. It's like a, think of the affair as sort of a coping style. Mm-hmm. The decision to have an affair is in response to something in him. Yes. And if he's willing to see it that way and talk about it in that way and understand it that way, then that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. If he's sort of defensive and protective around why he's done it and exploring further, that may, that will make it harder to get your head around it. Mm, oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. And I like what you, you just said then, that the the affair, his, the infidelity is really got very much to do with something that's going on within him. Yes. Mm, yeah. yeah. And, it, you know, it looks like they've already, I mean, she's already starting to think about it from an abandonment schema perspective, so that's great. Mm-hmm. That's really going to help you mm. dig down. But, yeah, if you're both doing that, that would be even better. <laughs> yeah. So how can abandonment schemas be implicated in infidelity, do you think? Because she said that they they both haven't have that schema. Yeah, it's um, it seems a bit incongruous, doesn't it, because you tend to think abandonment schemas are sort of wanting to typically cling to the person mm. to 
prevent any ruptures or any separations. But actually, if you're in a relationship with someone, I'll start again. Say you have an abandonment schema and you tend to have more of an avoidant type of coping style with that. So you tend to avoid getting into relationships because you're just so scared of being hurt. Mm -hmm. And then you find yourself in a relationship with someone who actually has the potential to be a long-term partner. That can actually be quite threatening, quite scary because you're really exposing yourself further to that risk of being hurt down the track or being abandoned. So ironically, as a way of managing that anxiety, you can almost, it's it's like you've got one foot out the door in order Mm. to, you think you're mitigating that risk of abandonment or the pain of the abandonment, like you don't quite trust the relationship. Mm. You've kind of got this backup attachment happening Mm. with the person you're having the affair with. Yes. And, I mean, and obviously that's very self-defeating because that means, well, look, look, look what's happened if this is the case. Um, but that's how it can kind of happen, I suppose. That 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 that's one way. It's like a coping right. style to reduce the risk of the the intensity of the pain. Yep. Ultimately, very self-defeating. Right. Yeah. So a coping a coping strategy or a coping mode that someone with an abandonment schema who more is inclined to have an avoidant style mm-hmm. coping response would do by when the relationship is getting potentially too emotionally intense and there's a greater threat for hurt, they might decide to opt out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, as, as a way to sort of potentially lessen any future um, separation in that, that relationship mm-hmm. that was developing but that's very counterproductive because their very behaviour is driving wedge through the couple relationship. That's right. Yeah. So I've seen that a bit before. Yeah. How about mm-hmm. you, Jen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that's the. I think that is the main thing. It's because it's interesting what you've said that often um, the abandonment schema can play out. That's the thing about the abandonment schema. We you can have it, but you can respond to it in different ways and. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about how you can respond to it in a sort of anxious way by, you know, seeking proximity to the partner and or or sort of staying in, in relationships that are no no good um, or being quite anxiously attached. We've spoken a lot about that, but we've spoken less about the avoidant coping style and and that can often play out in the sort of like, Yes, um, having affairs, looking elsewhere, and yeah. all that sort of thing, ending it before it gets too serious. That's and right. Another one. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, so that's a, that that's how that schema can play out. So, yeah, interesting. It's good that, that she's using the language of abandonment to understand it and even better if he could be using the same language too if they're both on board and, and have got that kind of schema mm. perspective. That would be good. Just to move on to one of our next points is that, and this is you you did mention this a bit in the first point, Justine, but yes, I would the the partner who's had, you know, the affair really does need to own and acknowledge the hurt that's been caused, right? Totally. No, nothing can move on until the person who has sort of been betrayed can feel like their partner can really appreciate what they've experienced 
Um, yeah, so important. Like I was just thinking um, when you see couples and there's been an infidelity, obviously for the person who's been cheated on, that's very painful and different things remind them of it. So it could be scenes in movies or seeing their partner look at someone twice or, you know, seeing them with the text, like all these things, particularly initially, can really be anxiety-provoking because that trust has been so shattered. Mm. Now, if the person who's had the affair isn't allowing the person to have their feelings about that and see an important part of what they have to do to repair the relationship to kind of be very tolerant and accepting and understanding of that person's anxiety because it's, it's like a trauma like it you know mm. then it's just never going to get back onto stable ground again yes because it's, it's it's not the promises that they won't cheat again that is the soothing thing it's how they respond to the emotional hurt of the infidelity is what builds the trust yes don't you think yeah oh totally totally and because yeah it, it's like it is a trauma it's a rela- it's a relational betrayal mm. and a trauma so if for the partner who's experienced being cheated on feels it's pretty devastating and so the other partner needs to realize that they've caused contributed to that hurt they've caused that hurt you know and that hurts runs pretty deep yes yeah, so that, and that can be very difficult for them depending on how they are handling shame and guilt Mm. But often you'll hear, look, you know, it happened three months ago. I've said sorry. Can't we just move on? You know, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Oh, yep. and um, yep. you can just see the person, the, you know, the person who's been cheated on just crumple a bit. And really the person who's had the affairs protecting themselves because they would feel awful, you know, because it doesn't mean they don't love their partner. But if that if that um, repair doesn't happen on a continual basis, i.e. the person who's had the affair show up for the other person emotionally on repeat, mm. even mm. like, you know, 12 months, 24 months, three years later, potentially, they are going to have to be soothing and comforting if there's a particular trigger for the person. Mm. But there's no sort of time sort of issue on it. Yeah. Like, yeah. It can pop up at any time. So, and if there's irritation and dismissiveness, the trust won't grow. Yep. Yes. And and because that's paramount, isn't it? The trust going forward in order for a relationship to have longevity and to heal from this, there needs to be that building of trust again from the ground up. Yeah. Daily. Becoming, yeah. Becoming a safe attachment. Yeah. And being open like I, I just thought of another common reason people have affairs which is the subjugation schema mm-hmm. you know so if they feel for whatever reason if their needs for autonomy and freedom aren't being met uh then having an affair with someone in secret can be one way of getting that need met in a very dysfunctional way obviously mm. they still have an abandonment schema too if they've got mm. that sort of subjugation. Yes. Yeah, so if their autonomy and freedom needs are not met, then they um, will potentially have an affair to meet those. But then in the aftermath of the affair, if they choose to keep the relationship going, the person's need for reassurance and comfort to build the trust may also trigger their subjugation schema because I feel it's being demanded from them, extracted from them, particularly if they're going to be uncomfortable. And so that 
can make it difficult for the repair to happen if they're in that trigger themselves when the, mm. when the person's trying to get the reassurance. Yes. Is that a yes. lot too? Yeah, okay, yep. Yeah, that's an interesting one. And so I guess there are, um, what's interesting about this particular question, of course, is we don't know how the affair came to light. That's right. We don't know whether he confessed or whether he was found out, um, which could make a big difference in terms of recovery from from it. Yes. Um, what other reasons do um I guess there are so many. So many. People would be having an affair or cheating on their partner. And sometimes it's um it's just to pursue a feeling. Mm. No, long term well not that this is a long term relationship. Um but in other instances if it's a longer term relationship it can be hard to keep that connection and excitement going and depending on the person they may find that very difficult and they mm-hmm. may just want that feeling elsewhere mm-hmm. we're a complicated yeah. bunch humans you know we can want yeah. connection and attachment on one hand but then also freedom and excitement on the other and yes. it's hard to reconcile those at times yes 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 yeah absolutely i mean i've i've had a few clients over the years male clients in the sort of older age categories who defined themselves as serial offenders. Oh yeah. And have had very long-term affairs, different partners. So they'll be in a very, you know, they'll be in a marriage, say, and then they've also got a very long-term affair. You know, I'm talking years. Right. <laughs> Ranging from one to five years. I've, wow, I've okay. Heard. Yeah. So that would hurt um, if you found out about that, wouldn't it? Exactly. That would be, that would be that would be Absolutely devastating, you know. And I mean, and 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 often, like you've mentioned, that they do have a very um, fragile. Some of this, these long term people that are in that, that will, and then they'll break up, and then they'll hook up with that affair partner, and then they'll have a relationship with that partner or marry that partner, and then lo and behold that gets boring and tedious, they don't feel good, right, then they seek out the excitement of a new partner and the cycle goes over right. and over again, right. So I've seen a few men, like, who have had that pattern, you know, and, yeah, a lot of usually a lot of emotional deprivation and abandonment way back there in the distance, but they've totally repressed that and there's this part of them who is constantly seeking the excitement of the new partner right. um, and how they feel when they're when they're in that situation. And yeah, so it's it it's sort of there's so many different reasons. There's sort of long, you know, deep reasons like that. People often will often talk about on the surface, you know, being lonely as one of the reasons or explanations as to why they have sought something else outside of their relationship. Um, what does that mean, lonely, do you yeah, reckon? Well, that's right. What does it mean? <laughs> it could mean a variety of different things, but it's got to do with them, right, at the heart of it. They're feeling, they're feeling lonely with who they are. It's, it's, you know, there'll, be, there'll be differences. They would rather choose someone else rather than working on the loneliness 
all the loneliness within the marriage or the relationship. Mm. So there's various reasons why people choose to solve the problem that they've got either in and of themselves or in the couple relationship externally. You know, they they choose they choose to solve it externally. So I, you know, I've, and women have described just feeling like really disconnected from their partner, misunderstood, not not feeling validated by their partner, or having no sexual desire with their long term partner, and then they feel like well, that's it for me, there's no desire, and then lo and behold, someone else comes on the scene, all of a sudden the desire's there, <laughs> and that's a pattern. And then they think, oh, right, I'm not dead. My sexuality isn't dead. <laughs> and, um, and they have an affair, right? So there's so many, what else? Can you think of any other reasons? Yeah, I think it's like the initial stages when you meet someone is just so intoxicating, isn't mm. it? Oh yeah, like the, the brain chemistry and the hormonal shifts in that mode when you're in that infatuation phase, like everyone loves that feeling. Uh, exactly, and that's compounded by the scheme of chemistry that we've spoken about. That's right. You know? And you know, and, and you're going to feel the most chemistry with these partners who are going to trigger your schemas, and that's right. and and that's why the that's often the excitement of it. So I've heard talk, people talk about so they've been in a marriage, they're having an affair, and it's so exciting. And this person gets me. I feel like you know so connected with this person. But you are getting the good bits of that person, and you're not getting all of them. And also, it's usually high on schema chemistry. Nobody has an affair with someone they find dull. No, and you like. <laughs> They like um, how they make them feel, don't yeah. they? You know, when because you don't know them very well, it's more the feeling. So exactly. you, you might feel adored and desired, and yes, escaping a defectiveness schema that would feel amazing. Like yes, if yeah. you think about it from a schema perspective, there are so many unmet needs that, in the very very short term, can be met in an affair, but not in a way that's sustainable. Or no, not in, a way. in the long term. Not in a way that's sustainable. I mean, those relationships can last, but very often they don't. Yeah. Yeah. They and yeah, so it's a it's it's important no matter what the reasons are, I suppose you've got to get to the bottom of it in order to move through it. So and that's why we we are obviously recommending that when people have these sort of in, infidelity and affairs and cheating that they it's a good idea to seek some professional help with that. Totally, particularly if you've already identified this and schemas operating. Yeah. Because it's good to have that insight, but then changing them is another matter. And so, you know, often we need help to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so, I mean, getting back to this woman who's written to us, we don't know exactly how long her relationship was. We know the cheating was for two months. But yeah, I mean, if if the relationship is going to last, and if there's a potential of even growing closer, then you can't do it on your own. Usually, you would need some support by a couples therapist. Hopefully, uh-huh. who is sort of schema informed. That's what would our recommendation would be, right? That's right. 
Mm, yep. A difficult situation. Difficult situation. We empathize and we wish you all the best. All the best. On that. Yeah, yeah. But we, we did mention schema chemistry and and so we um we just uh, did a, a live schema chemistry webinar the other day. Justine went pretty well. It went really well. Yep. Went really well. And uh, we're going to make that available for purchase too. Mm-hmm. If you're interested yeah. further and in finding That's out more about how schemas get triggered in you in a romantic sense and who you might tend to <coughs> be attracted to. Mm. Yeah. There we explain, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, because it's just a, it's just a huge, a huge thing in relationships and dating, and particularly if you look back on your life and go, oh, why do I choose the same kind of partners that where I always feel emotionally deprived, or I always feel criticised, or I always feel like you know I have to save them, or whatever it is. Well, this is this is all to do with schema chemistry. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we'll be um, putting that up as a course very soon. We will, um, and we'll let you know when that comes out. Great. Yeah. So this is probably a good place to leave it, and um, we're going to be working our way through some of our uh, mailbag stuff because we've got quite a few ones we're going to sort through. And um, yeah, so I'll see you next time, Justine. See you next time, Jim. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to share it with others. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notifications when new shows are released. You can visit us at goodmood.com.au forward slash podcast for more information. You know, this podcast is intended for learning and entertainment purposes, and we really hope it achieves that. But because it's not a substitute for personal therapy, we'd like you to consult a qualified mental health professional for tailored support. Bye for now.